Once I rose above the noise and confusion Just to get a glimpse beyond this illusion I was soaring ever higher But I flew too Hi, everyone. I'm Mark Marble. And I'm Jim Ford. And this is Lantern Cast Presents Green Lantern Pre-Birth. Episode 19. Creeping ever closer. <laughs> so what? We don't know. But we're Salvation. Ever- <laughs> Salvation time, Mark. <laughs> well, when oh, you th- well, when you think about it, as far as the actual proper series we don't have that many issues to go based on our previous pace that still would have taken us like 10 years but we are picking up the pace a little bit (laughs) but considering the next the next storyline after this one is a three issue arc the question how we cover it you know if we do it on one if we choose to do it in one episode then that would that then we wouldn't have that many more issues to cover but wow but well, we'll we'll figure that one out once you reread the story. Like I was telling Jim after I after I reread issue twenty of the Spectre, which is what we'll be covering tonight. I for the hell of it, I wanted to read ahead because it it kind of gets all fuzzy when you look at the last like the last few issues of the series. I was much more familiar with like the first eighteen or so issues. So the next issue, the next arc is will be interesting to a lot of people. I think for some of the things that go on in it, and it's. It's kind of surprising because I had forgotten about some of the little my the the minute details in it, but it should make it should make for an an interesting arc to cover. At least it should be more interesting than the great space anus arc. <laughs> okay, so the the lead guy in this issue twenty, R- Robert Carroll, Bob Carroll, that's his name, I guess. Uh, I'm trying to look for confirmation here. Do, 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 do. The Bob part sounds. Uh, yes, it's definitely. Yeah. Uh, it, well, it's it's Mister Carroll. Is it Tom? Is it Tom Carroll? No, that's he's saying that to the other guy. Oh, is he? Yeah, but I know yeah. it's Mister Carroll. He's called Robert and Bob. Yeah, Bobby. Like different... Yeah, Bobby. You're right. Bobo, Bobo <laughs> Carroll. <laughs> Bubs, just call him Bubs. <laughs> it's my oldest friend, Bobo Carroll. <laughs> Uh, okay so um, there's our there's our rise of skywalker reference for the episode yeah am i doing the uh yes you are correct i'm sorry okay so uh this is written by jm dimatteis like usual noam brate fogel on the art dennis janky on inks we got jack morelli on letters guy major on colors and uh, a couple other people doing other various things. <laughs> <laughs> it always trails off like that. So, well, they're not, well, they're not well-known names for the editors either. No, no. Hey, listen, we have one person 
primarily to blame for this issue. And that's Chad Bokelman. <laughs> oh, man. I don't want to ask you what you thought of it before I give the breakdown. I will just remain silent and let you do the breakdown. No, no. I, I Like I said, I want to know what you thought of it before I do the breakdown. Oh, you said you want to know. I thought you said you didn't want to know. Oh, no, no, no. Like, no, I'm... I. I personally am very curious as to how you felt about this, you know, because like, if you were like really jazzed about this, then I don't want to like shit all over it. No, for the first next of, couple of minutes. <laughs> first of all, we always have to, we always have to be honest. So it doesn't really matter whether one of us likes it or one of us dislikes it. Here, Here's my base without going into spoilers about what, what's in the issue. Cause you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. This is, in many ways, this is a pretty typical issue in this series. That, and arguably, even though the story is okay, it's a little repetitious because we've been down this road before. Mm-hmm. And I and I think this series at this point has kind of has settled into giving us one of those metaphysical, real seriously metaphysical issues as a one-off story. And then doing stories that tie into maybe a little bigger issues with the DCU and maybe maybe a little more superhero-esque. And then going back to a metaphysical issue. Uh, I know the dark side issue kind of tried to do both. It kind of it obviously was more of a superhero issue because you were dealing with a a classic villain. But they obviously were dealing with big, con- you know, big picture concepts, too, of of that we both don't necessarily think they <laughs> they nailed about yeah. the two sides of the battery and do you need evil to exist in order for good to exist and all this stuff. Mm. But I, I thought this issue was okay. I knew going in once I reread it, that it's like, Oh, I know Jim was not going to like this issue mostly because it it is, it's, it's been grand. We've covered before and probably in better stories. Though, though I, there are, there are a few things they do in this. I do kind of like the, why we're kind of like in this situation with this character i do like i do like that aspect i think that's kind of cool and the way they explain kind of like how how he ends up in this situation i did i did like that but it was that's 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 my those are my my basic thoughts without going into story details no that's good okay i i can appreciate that okay so story opens up this guy bob bob o'carroll (laughs) <laughs> his name is robert or bob but i'm i'm just gonna call him babo because it's better he's bragging about how he's got this perfect life he's got this amazing job at a magazine he's like one of the you know main chief editors or something you know the one of the highest ones up in the company so he makes a lot of money he's got a great job he loves his job he loves his family He's able to steal away for a lunch, you know, which I guess is rare normally. And, you know, he goes and he meets up with his wife and everything's perfect. But every once in a while, he catches a glimpse of of Hal Jordan's the Spectre, uh, just kind of off in the distance in the elevator, you know, behind him, whatever. And he's kind of getting spooked out like what's he's coming for me. We have to get out of here. And everybody's, you know, random is just like, what's uh, are you okay? Like, uh, what's what's going on? Everything's okay. It's it's it'll be fine. So he, you know, proceeds to live his perfect life, and uh, you know, he's going through, and he keeps on seeing the specter. So finally, he's like, they're like, okay, you should go see a therapist. So he goes to see a therapist, and 
he's talking about his, you know, his upbringing, how it was all perfect and everything like that. And again, it's, I have nothing to complain about. Everything is great. And again, the specter keeps on popping up. And then things start to change and go bad. And, you know, like he goes to see his mother and all of a sudden his mother's not there. And his father isn't his father. And things are getting weird. <laughs> and so, you know, he sees the specter and he's not ready yet for whatever the specter's trying to tell him. So he goes back to his life. And again, things just keep on kind of going off the rails. You know, he's still got his kid. And then all of a sudden, like, next thing you know, he's in the hospital and his mother is dying, even though just a couple of scenes earlier, the mother was alive and then she had died. Now she's in a hospital bed dying from cancer. Next thing you know, she's passed and the father, you know, his father has also passed because he couldn't live without her. So now he doesn't have his parents. And because he doesn't have his parents, like he's a zombie at work and he gets fired from his job and he's got trouble with his wife and his kid doesn't exist and everything keeps on changing and the specter keeps on showing up more and more till finally he can no longer, you know, ignore it. And he goes to a therapist again. And this time it's Hal in the Hal form. And Baba was like, well, you know, what's going on? I want my son back. My son's gone. What's going on with my life? You know, everything was perfect. And now it's just, it's like things are changing and they're all worse. It's the same, but different. And Hal explains to him that uh, you're actually de dead. You're dead. You're dead. And you didn't have a perfect life. You had a pretty shitty life growing up. Your parents were awful. Your mother died when you were young. Your father was an asshole. And yet you were able to escape all that and go on to make something of your life. And you you met your beautiful wife. You had your beautiful child. And then all of a sudden you started falling into your father's old habits. And, you know, you became an alcoholic. Everything went downhill. You lost everything. But then you started working really hard to get everything back on track and your wife was just about to give you a second chance and then you died. You had a heart attack and that was it. So as you're going off to heaven, you had this one unique opportunity to kind of relive your life and make it the perfect life that you always wanted. And you did that but then you refuse to let go and you have to go on to the next phase. You have to go on to heaven. You have to give up this life. And as you kept on going through it over and over again, you know, it, it just kept on deteriorating. The dude was at it for like 15 years going through his life over and over again. And it kept on becoming less and less like the perfect life. So Hal basically talks him into moving on to the next the next phase, the next dream because all the dream, you know, a dream, your, your existence is about the same realness as a dream and heaven is like the next deeper dream and whatnot and he goes on to that and 
as he's going on to heaven, he turn, turns back to Hal and says, well, wait, you know, you've been on me through this journey. Aren't you going to come with me into heaven? And Hal says, no, I, I have work to do on earth. I'll have to find my heaven here on earth. And that's how it ends. Good luck for that one, Hal. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> so you, I'm pretty sure I know what. I know your general thoughts on this, but tell tell me, but go ahead, tell me what your take is and what you liked and what you didn't before I delve any deeper into this. Okay, well, for starters, this is not a Spectre story in the slightest. This is making Hal the Grim Reaper, which I don't get that at all. Like I, you know, he's the spirit of either vengeance or redemption. This is. This is meaningless. Why the well, why the hell would he be doing this now? And on top of that, you die. You have an opportunity to relive your life to make it perfect, which is awesome. And then it's set up in such a way that you can't just live it through, live through it once and die, and then go on to heaven. But like if you cling to that then there's no there's nothing in place that would take you out of it so you just keep on reliving it over and over again and the best that the universe has to offer is Hal Jordan to try and gently nudge you out of it which completely fails to the point where this guy's life just becomes like an utter pile of dog shit it's and then finally, when it's at, at its absolute worst, that's when Hal's like, no, no, okay, I'm done trying to nudge you out of this and letting this get this bad. Now I'm just going to tell you so that way we can get you onto heaven. Like, you couldn't tell him that after the perfect one so that he didn't have to deal with like the all of the shitty versions of reality. There's no reason why Hal should be doing this in the first place. It doesn't make any sense for his mission at all. Like, no sense. But even if you were going to say, oh, yeah, this is also one of his responsibilities for some God only knows reason, which is apropos for this book. But even if you were going to say that, then it still doesn't make any sense because him just popping up Every once in a while, through these random replays that have gone on for the equivalent of 15 years, is basically just like, at that point, Hal Jordan might as well just be like, you know, watching him and tormenting him, letting him go through this. So that doesn't make any sense. So there are elements of this story that are... Like they have potential, but it being in the this story doesn't make any sense and basically just wastes those those possibilities. I think I think the reason why you would if you're looking for an explanation for why Hal is doing this, mm-hmm. I think the only explanation that based on what we've seen is that in Hal's, either in Hal's estimation or maybe in the presence's estimation, Bobby deserves redemption. 
he he did enough in his life to earn to earn redemption and earn his spot in heaven but mm-hmm. because he's stuck in this loop that because he is so he was so desperate to have maybe a perfect life and and or maybe whatever part of you is if you are consciously aware of what's going on when you have that opportunity to relive your life again somehow it got that his he was so happy with what he had that he just kind of blurred that line where maybe there was a there is some kind of higher consciousness where you do realize what's going on so you so normally there would never be an issue where you'd be stuck in this loop it's kind of like there's always a part in the back of your mind knowing that it's kind of it's like being in a just being in a time machine you're going to go back and relive things and have the opportunity to fix a few things but you're still aware that where you know where you're going to end up that maybe be, because he was so buried deep in that quote unquote dream and but yet he still deserved redemption that how even if it was just how taking it upon himself that how really was determined to help this guy be able to cross over and in the big picture and the co- in the cosmic scheme of things should 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 this one person matter all that much but in a way that's kind of that's kind of uplifting on some level that to say that we all matter as much as everything else the idea that he's he really ultimately despite all the hardships he had he really was a good person inside and then he then he overcame all the crap that he had to deal with and was and had turned his life around and then was completely denied and maybe that's part of it too that he was completely denied his opportunity to be happy because of the fact that hey it's, it's like it's it's like Alanis Morris said, it's like winning winning lottery and dying the next day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That he he was in perfect position, his wife was gonna take him back, then he has a heart attack and dies. That maybe that just kind of like added the extra oomph and the imperative for Hal to try to redeem this guy and to snap him out of this endless loop that he was in. But that was my that was my take on and if there was a, a reason based on the context of this book why we we would be getting the story or why how would be doing this that was that was the reason why to me well that yeah i i could accept that in in the spirit of redemption like you said like yeah he does deserve that redemptive bit that he was denied in life but that you normally get like they they, they say like you just get that chance you get that redemptive redemptive chance when you die if you want to to make your life perfect you know to be able to move on with the the memories of a perfect life and so that is that's not hal's doing that's just you know everybody gets that opportunity so then you have to think, okay, well, Hal's, Hal's job here is to take him out of this because he's stuck in it. But again, you know, like, oh, well, you're not ready, you know, so I'll just come back in a, in a couple more times. Minutes. Come on. Like, you're the specter. Like, you could just talk, you know, like, you could have become the therapist earlier on and talk to him about all this it's for the sake of the story they have to let him go through these these different versions of his life that are not as perfect and i i get that i get that's the story that they wanted to tell but like i said i don't think it makes any sense 
in the context of this book or this character who is supposedly, you know, trying to help him and lets him just go right through it just so that we can get the story. I, you know, it's like, if it was going to make sense, the story wouldn't have happened. It would end as soon as the guy's like, my life's perfect. Okay, time to go up to heaven. But it's like, okay, well, you're stuck in a loop. You know, you had an opportunity to make your life perfect. You continued, you wouldn't let go of the loop. And now things are getting progressively worse. Like, that's the kind of story that I would expect to read in a book about death or, you know, like from the dreaming or um, some kind of undertaker or dead man or, I I don't like, I'm sure that there's a hundred other DC characters that would be better suited to this particular book. For the Spectre, I don't think that it works. No, I can, I can understand that. I just, I, I, I see. It would be harder to explain this story or explain it away if we didn't already know how it could like split themselves into like million different parts. <laughs> you know, if Hal had to be all, all in in every situation that he that he had to be, he couldn't be everywhere, everything all at once. Hal Jordan, he had to be, uh, <laughs> he had to be in one place at one time, fully co- committed. Then this would be a tougher, tougher reason to exp- or a tougher concept to for me to grasp or to un- to accept that he'd be spending this time because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, he's ultimately kind of only hurting himself, Bobby, by by continually being in this loop. But eventually, you can make a case that he's not because you know because his parents are gone, and eventually his wife will be gone, and things like that, and you want him to be reunited with everybody. But short term, he's just hurting himself. But again, I think it's because. He had earned that redemption in life, mm-hmm. and he just couldn't. And he was, and he didn't have it. He did. He basically put in all the legwork to get this opportunity, and then it was. It's like, hey, uh, I just made the team, and then the league folds. That's kind of what it's like, <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> and that's kind of what it was like. And I guess because maybe that's the reason why. And again, if you dig, if you dig a little deeper, because of how desperate, even though we don't get this has. This doesn't get played up as much in the latter part of this book, but we know it was a big theme in the beginning. That Hal himself is so desperate for personal redemption that he, I think he takes all these smaller cases of people trying actively seeking or deserving redemption a little more personally. Mm. Because, and I think that may be why Bobby was a special case to him because it's like, and that's maybe why potentially as an explanation why he didn't just kind of like, uh, try to scare him straight immediately it's like it's like well i'm trying to nudge him trying to nudge him it's not working i'll try to push a little harder instead of just saying you know it's it's literally time to shit or get off the pot and it's like okay i've given you enough opportunities to try i've tried to push you along and now it's like well now i gotta now i gotta overwhelm you and i gotta and i gotta i gotta lay down the law and and tell you exactly what's going on and and show you the reality yes could he have done it earlier and probably but again maybe he maybe Maybe he was afraid of the re- of the repercussions of that. Maybe there was a way that you know the 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 psyche of Bobby would completely crack, and maybe he would be a different person then going to heaven. Maybe it. I, I'm just looking at it. Maybe, there may have been other expo- other reasons. Maybe why Hal didn't felt that he didn't, or he just or he just really had empathy for him, and he was not going to push 
it's like especially again because Hal can be everywhere at once and it doesn't really matter it's like just that one part of Hal was on Bob <laughs> working this case the entire time it's like oh it's like we gotta get, we gotta move this guy along gotta move. and plus remember they <laughs> and plus remember they say like you said he's been doing this for a, such a long time that in the, in the big picture Hal wouldn't have been there when this started he would have been in this loop anyway because Hal hasn't been a specter that long so you have to so you when you look at it from that perspective that may, maybe that's maybe that's what called Hal to this situation if if Hal wasn't purposely uh, aimed at Bobby and he took it upon himself either way it's kind of vague. But if Hal took it upon himself, he became aware of this situation. It's it, maybe that's the reason why it became so important to him because this poor guy has been stuck in this loop for so many years that now I'm going to come along and try to really wrap this up as as much as I can. But I don't know. It's it's that's yeah. That is a potentially decent explanation for for his involvement in this. But I that, mean, I, but I mean, you you've just done a better job at. At making the story make sense than Demetrius. <laughs> well, I think with these one with with these one off issues, I think I think sometimes again they get they get so wrapped up in the big picture in the big philosophical metaphysical discussions in, in this book that and again to me, like I said in the as the preface to this review and everything that my biggest issue with the story was just that we've kind of seen stories like this before in this book. Not exactly the same, clearly. I mean, they did add some nice twists, you know, that the dream, that, that idea, did you get a chance to relive your life and try to like perfect it and feel better about things before you move on? Uh, I do like that. The, so I thought that, I thought that was a nice touch and having Hal, you know, basically looking at heaven, you know, which is something that obviously ideally, he, you know, this is what he wants to, to be redeemed so he could go to heaven too. That and and yet, you know, maybe he's deep down that statement about finding heaven, you know, finding his heaven on earth is probably deeper about the fact that he's got to find his redemption on earth. And right. Then, and then and then maybe and then the time will come come for him to, to walk through the, the golden gates and pearly gates himself. But I just think to me, it's the biggest issue with the issue is just the fact that we've seen similar stories before and while there was some originality in the actual issue, it's n- it was a little repetitive on that level. I still think it's a decent story if it's the nature of the book, but I also can see why I kind of suspected, like I said, when I read it, that I didn't think you would find this one to be particularly enjoyable. The thing that I don't really understand is this book had such an opportunity to show the specter in a different way in that, he could have actually been doing more redemption stories. This one, I think, doesn't really work because the guy's already dead, for me personally. So his redemption is, it's almost an afterthought or it's a dense topic to to try and explain what I'm, what I'm trying to get across. But it doesn't really work to me in really exploring the abilities of a spirit of redemption you know like when he tried to redeem two-face that was an interesting concept it was an interesting story and the whole thing played out rather nicely in terms of 
showing off what he can do and what he can't do. And we really didn't get a lot more stories like that. Like he tried to, I don't know, he tried to go to war with with Darkseid, which I mean, even that's kind of like, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. You know, like I can understand him wanting to do that. And even that, like, okay, even if you wanted to do that and you wanted to either have vengeance or redemption for Apocalypse and everybody on Apocalypse, whatever. Okay. That's, that makes a little more sense. You know, the difference between this book and say the last Spectre series where you're actually dealing with the Spectre of Vengeance is that in that last series, you could have a small time criminal who's doing what he's doing, you know, maybe, maybe it focuses on a henchman. And I never read that series. So this may very well have happened, but maybe you've got a henchman for the Riddler or Penguin or whoever, and they're doing bad things, but the whole reason why they're doing them is because they really wanted to, you know, pay for their mother's surgery or whatever, a a million noble causes. Well, in that last series, you could have the Spectre come in and have like vengeance, like, you know, like, okay, well, even though you were trying to do the wrong thing for the right reason, you still did the wrong thing. So now I'm going to, you know, enact vengeance on you. And it's a cautionary tale. Whereas with the Hal Jordan book, he goes in there and he can show this guy the error of his ways and, I don't know, run through different permutations of his life to see where he could have changed things or where he could go in the future to help redeem this person. I feel like those would have been interesting stories and concepts to explore instead of, I mean, something like this or like a multi-story arc where you have some kind of alien race that's stuck in a black hole something rather and it's destroyed i don't know like some of the things that they've done in this series are just so theological like thought pieces and thought exercises for like this deeply theological stuff that doesn't really make for an interesting or entertaining comic book i'm actually surprised that it got this far considering that it didn't explore the options that could have made it an actual hit. I think this book, when you look back, and we'll probably talk more about this when we do the full postmortem once the series is done and once we cover any other uh, Hal Jordan Spectre stories that we want to cover uh, before we before we either wrap up pre-birth or switch to focus on pre-birth or something else. Maybe we'll do Kyle <laughs> stories. Uh, the reality is... I think this book was kind of always between a rock and a hard place because obviously we know De Mateus likes to write about kind of offbeat deep stuff. Yeah. And, and in a way it's, you know, he's like Morrison on that level, except even when De Mateus goes off the rails and it may, it may be weird, but it's still, you can still kind of understand where he's going, even if you don't think it was entertaining or you don't agree with his take or that's an odd choice for a comic book. But right. but you usually can under, but you know where he's going with it. But he, clearly he likes big picture. He prefer, in the perfect world that's the kind of stuff he would be bringing into a lot of a lot of books. 
besides, I mean, he's certainly capable of doing more mainstream writing, but this is something that's relevant to him. So I, which I certainly can understand and I can respect. I think this book was always between a rock and a hard place because he probably really wanted to do more stories along in this vein. I mean, not necessarily, I mean, ideally, like from your perspective, much more focused and better than this story. But you had the pressure that it still had to kind of be a superhero book to a certain extent or else nobody would care, especially because it was a Hal Jordan book. And you had a lot of goodwill when the book started because you had all the Hal Jordan Green, Green Lantern fans that were just happy Hal had his own book again, even even if it wasn't a Green Lantern book. That I think this they were always there was always a tug of war going on with this book about what it was going to do or what it should be. And I think you saw you've seen that pretty consistently. I think even in the beginning, we had that really, you know, we had the Destroyer of Worlds arc in Legends of the DC Universe, which uh which I love that story. And that's but it's like the first real Hal Jordan Spectre story, not counting, you know, the wrap up like in the in Justice League and things like that, the Justice League 35 and the Green Lantern with Kyle appearance. This is the first real arc that we got paving the way for this book. And even in the first few issues with with the with the whole logos thing being, you know, the the actual Spectre part of the Spectre. And but the, but then very quickly you had the Batman Superman storyline. And it very just like very quickly, they they brushed aside something that seemingly was going to be very important and a serious part of the challenge for Hal was that nobody was going to know who he was. That that was part of his penance that he had to serve as being the specter. Is like that they might momentarily know who you are. They could see that you're that Hal Jordan is the specter, but like five minutes after you leave, they're going to have no idea. It's like who was that guy? Like it's like. They'll just know, know the specter was there, but they have no idea that it was Hal Jordan. Some of that. I mean, I think some of the very the the breadcrumbs they laid for the story or for this run on, on this book, it was kind of almost from the beginning, it kind of got pulled away because it's like, well, we have to have a certain amount of superhero stuff in this book. And I don't necessarily think they, from a mainstream perspective, maybe now you could do kind of an, a niche book like, like this and, or make it a mini series and, and see how it goes, do a six issue series and do another something like that. But I think at the yeah. time they tried to, they kind of were stuck and that's why we have when you think about some of the memorable issues in this in this book that a lot of the ones that you think of do have some ties to mainstream DC stuff. So I think, you know, you mentioned the Two-Face issue, mm-hmm. obviously the, you know, the Joker eyes parallax issue, probably actually the, the next arc we get to, which has a lot of ties to how to how Jordan and the and and the uh, in his past. So there's lots of stuff. And plus, even the stuff like they're dealing with Helen. I mean, there's so much stuff with, with Helen and the importance of Helen and things. And that and and that kind of goes off the rails a little bit, at least during this part, you know, when she's with Minx, with Ms. Minx, that, you know, Helen's kind of like, it's, it's almost like an excuse to get Helen off the table because we have no idea what we want to do with her right now. So she really becomes like a non-factor in a lot of, in a lot of these issues herself. So... I don't know. I just, that's what I think. I think this book was always in a, it was always a duality here. It's like, which, which way do we approach this book? And if you, and they try to do the compromise and by doing, doing that compromise, you probably ended up making neither side particularly happy. And that's why the book kind of probably kind of petered out. I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I appreciate, I know I I was just happy, like I think a lot of a, a sizable percentage of fans were happy just that Hal had a book back. Yeah, and I and I did I did like a lot of the. I mean, 
I'm not going to lie. I, I did like some of the deeper stuff in this book because it was different. It was not stuff that we were used to getting. I just think that probably turned some people off because they were expecting more of a mainstream Hal Jordan book. But there's just so many things in this book conceptually that I like. The you know, the whole spirit of redemption thing. I like the fact that Hal's will was so strong that he could basically change the very nature of the specter. That was mm-hmm. awesome. That's a cool concept, and it's awesome based on it's an awesome testament to who how jordan what he's cap what he's capable of so i always love that we had some really cool they has raised some deep philosophical questions in this book and about the nature of life and reincarnation if and different and just there's lots of stuff so i appreciate i always appreciated i always appreciated that but i understood i think why it didn't it's not wasn't a great surprise that you know the book only lasted like 27 issues and then and then you just had your occasional Hal Jordan Spectre appearance and stuff. And one arc I'm sure we will we I certainly would like to cover. There might be other stories we'll cover, but I know the, the last arc that right before uh Green Lantern Rebirth, the JSA arc, the three issue arc in which uh which basically leads it sets to stay. I don't want to give away too much for anybody who hasn't read it, but basically it this of course is Jeff Johns was writing JSA at the time, so it was perfect. That this was the nice, there was a three issue prologue in which basically gives you the status quo change of where Hal Jordan, where the, between the spirit of redemption and, and where Hal Jordan was leading right into the beginning of Green Lantern Rebirth. That's a cool story among others. But I, it doesn't surprise me that the book ended, kind of went down the path that it did. It, I will always appreciate this book though. And I think that there were some. I know a lot of Green Lantern fans or a lot of Hal Jordan fans just it's like it's like peanut butter or it's like uh, peanut butter and broccoli too tasty just don't go well together. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, I had to be careful because if I said celery, well, then that would be something else because they kind of work. <laughs> yeah, I'd go. I would go for that. Yeah. So I had to be careful. Uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like Fruit Loops and spinach. Oh. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I think that I can understand why people didn't didn't like this, but and it also was DC just trying to split hairs. It's like, hey, we have Hal Jordan back, but but and he's super powerful, and now we don't have to worry about the Kyle the Kyle versus Hal debate anymore. But yeah, yeah, I I would say that overall, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't awful. I it it went decently, you know, quick. Uh, I mean, you know, it's a very wordy, but like it wasn't like a slog to read through. It's just that I would I would probably enjoy this better if the context, you know, was different because it, it's it's an interesting concept, you know, person reliving their life over and over again and, it, you know, deteriorating like you're in a dream that's like slowly dissolving. And so it's getting worse. I like there is merit to that concept i just didn't like the execution didn't like the execution yeah well it's even the execution was okay it's just uh, the setting and the you know the character of the specter being the one that guided him was kind of like i don't know not great it's not one of the worst issues of this book though no i think i i certainly think that's fair i think it's it might be dead. It kind of might be perfectly average in this run. I think there have been things that are 
there there are things that I liked less than this issue. And obviously, when you go back and you look at the would be what kind of would be interesting to do just to look back when we're done at you know, like our top like either top three either issues or arcs that this certainly wouldn't be showing up i think on almost anybody's because it's it's a, it it's a one-off story and again it's kind of it's kind of nondescript as much as any book in the series can be considering that they're always dealing with you know big picture concepts but it's mm-hmm. It's not. It's not the most memorable. It almost again. It almost seems like it's a palate cleanser. You know, you, it comes after the dark side issue, and then leading into what's about what the ha- what's about to happen in the next three issues. So it's almost mm-hmm. like it's just well, we kind of need to pause and go back. And I think, like I said, that kind of is the pattern. I think they kind of settled into in the last third of this book. Yes, indeed. Any other thoughts on the story? Mm, not really. Yet. The art is serviceable in this one. I wasn't wasn't amazing. I like there were a couple of scenes where like he's yelling and it almost looked like reusing the same panel over and over again. Yeah. But aside from that, I mean it was fine. Yes, it again, it's not it's not the worst art. In a way, I I like Bray Fogel's art a little bit better consistently than when than Sook's. Yes, but uh, even though so- there was something about Sook that did kind of almost fit the nature of this book when it started, yeah. But maybe so. Maybe it's appropriate that as the book kind of changed, the 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 artist kind of changed too. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess as a as a hint for what's coming, without going into a lot of detail, we should kind of mention that our your your favorite character, Monsieur Stigmanis, returns next oh. next issue, oh. along with along with Carol Ferris. Yeah, and uh, I think I think I will leave the big, the big important reveal aside since it it actually it gets fully revealed at the end of the first issue. So just in case we do break it up and either do this, do like one issue, do the first issue by itself, and then do the second two parts by itself, or I will. But it is really, it is certainly a very Hal Jordan, Hal Jordan's Green Lantern and past driven storyline, along with Stigmanis and. We do have Helen and stuff in, in it and play. So it's 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 a very interesting three issue arc. And it also seems to be a nice. Pa- you can see the pattern here. Like, I think this, the mystery in space arc or whatever was like three issues. Right. Spectrum in space was technically, I think, what they cut. Co- mystery in space was the first cover, I think. But I think that we see the patterns like, hey, it's a one off. Then it's a three issue arc. It's a one off. It's a three issue arc. <laughs> Things like that. So mm-hmm. cool. Uh, before before I switch it over to you, in case there's anything else you want to talk about, let's talk about Funko real quick. I got let's see, I I I got my my uh, Funko exclusive Sinestro mm-hmm. that that ordered it and it shipped in the same week, so that was impressive. I also I also ordered. I did. I was curious about this. I mostly did it for Chad, but I was curious. I did order. Did you see that mystery box that dropped this week? The Marvel mm-hmm. box, um, with the gl- with the glow with the glow in the dark venom with Mjolnir and the Silver Surfer s- sword, and then there's two other Funko Pops that you have no idea what they are. I did see the venom. Yeah, so it's basically basically it's three pops. It's three pops in a mystery box for thirty bucks plus the shipping. Okay, so, so I did I did order one. Uh, like I said, mostly I did it because 
Chad was not really in position to be able to order. Mm. And so he, at the very least, he'll get he'll get the venom unless I want to hold him hostage for it. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, sign this resignation and then find the venom is yours. <laughs> Again, timing is everything. Why couldn't this have happened like two months ago? Uh, Dance for me, Bogleman. <laughs> <laughs> but I am curious to see what the other what the other pops are. But now, it, what what is the name of the box? I think it's just, I think it's just a mystery. Let's see if I can actually pull this up in my email. I think it was just a mystery, just a mystery box, a Marvel mystery box. That might have been what it was. I know all the pops. I know all the pops are Marvel. I'm not going to have the receipt here. I'm going to have the, I'm going to have the shipping notice because I know which because it already shipped. So once again, they're they mm-hmm. kind of uh, they kind of are really on the ball here. Yeah, three eleven. Which uh, nope, that's the wrong one. Oh, it must be it must be in my inbox. But there, there we go. Three twenty one. So I, I figure I have to see when it, when this drops. It either dropped on the twenty first Marvel Mystery Box. So okay. yeah. So the uh, so the three the three pops for thirty bucks was was a good deal unto itself. Yeah, I'm supposed to get it by Monday, which that's makes cool. sense. Yeah. So so that that's that'll be cool. Hopefully there'll be some character in there that I like at least. That's what <laughs> I, that's what that's that's what I'm hoping. But. But Chad, but Chad wasn't wasn't able to really order it, and I, I it's just weird because I got the email and I checked it out, and at first I was like, you know, I don't know, because I don't really love Venom, but but it was kind of a cool pop, and it glows in the dark, so that's a plus, and but we'll have to see. But I, I am I am interested in that. I told you that my box, my pile of loot has shipped from Big Bad Toy Store. Yes, of course. One day, one day before my Kara pop arrived in my pile of loot, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like thank you very much. <laughs> if it could have just been the opposite, if Kara could just have arrived one day earlier, I could have contacted them. They would have changed my status, and then they could have that could that happen once before. They're real good with they're, they're real good with that. So if they really <laughs> haven't got their if it's not ready to go out the door yet. If it, then you can then you can change. They can go back and they change the status. They send you back to whatever money they charge you at that time to ship it. Then you go back through and you finalize your pile of loot again. So the only thing that sucks is that it's literally the only thing that it was, I had pre-ordered that hadn't arrived yet was my Flash Supergirl pop, and now it'll be sitting out there unless I pre-order something else. But one of those Obi Wan's will be yours, assuming that they are not one of each. <laughs> if wow. I have dupes. I'm hoping that you get a chase. I w- it would be nice. Like I said, yeah. it would be nice. It's not as critical because obviously the regular, the non-chase is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But, and I didn't, did you see they dropped the McFarlane for pre-order, the Flash, the Flash movie figures, which of course the Michael Keaton figures are pretty much sold out, pre-sale yeah. every, everywhere, not surprisingly. Yes. Uh, but, that I did see. And I did pass on the pops because the pops look nothing like Michael Keaton. So what's the point? <laughs> well, did you see the Batmobile? I I don't know if I saw the Batmobile. I, you know, I'm not going to collect the line because there's too many good ones. You know, like I, I as much as I want a, you know, the, the, the Michael Keaton Batman, there's too many other McFarlane figures that like that opens the door where it's like, okay, now I'm just buying a ton of figures. The only McFarlane figures that I want to collect at all 
are the Kyle Rayner that I have and the four Superman. And that's it. That's basically it. That that Batman's phenomenal. But the thing that really just uh, it's so amazing because it's the Batmobile. It is the 1989 Batmobile. And it's large enough to put in a McFarlane figure. And this entire thing is 60 bucks. There isn't any other company doing something like that. Like nobody would put out a vehicle for 60 bucks that can fit like a McFarlane figure. It's nuts. It's bonkers to me. I, I, part of me wanted, again, is, you know, part of me wanted to get that just because it was so cheap and so cool looking. I will not do it because it's a slippery slope. But my God, that was a great deal. I just sent you a link. I'm not sure if you saw this. I sent it in the chat. I didn't see anything. (laughs) I don't even know where I am. There's a chat. Yes. I'm I'm kidding. I know. I I, I figured you were kidding, but uh, I didn't see this before. I was just went. I just went. I I don't think it looks that great, but I just happened to notice it. Um, (sighs) Somehow Darth Maul does not translate into a good soda figure because his head is so round in this. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bad head. I, yeah, it is. And I, and I don't think the hologram chase figure is all that fantastic either. But well, I, I don't think it looks good, but I think it's a cool choice. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree yeah. that uh, it is. But it, I did know I, I did think it was interesting about the. Uh, yeah, the Michael, the I noticed all the Mc, all those McFarlane figures dropped today for uh, the way for the Flash movie, which. Uh, wow, man. There's there's Supergirl Papa's on eight ninety nine on, for some reason on uh, Entertainment Earth. That was a good deal. Of course, it's been sold out, but but yeah, it's interesting. They must have a, they must have a deal going on. You can you could you could actually get the Flash the Flash Pop from I think from the movie for only eight ninety nine. So supposedly they only have one left. <laughs> wow, good luck. But I find they it can, interesting. They, they can keep it. <laughs> I'm just trying to look at the, the time frame to make sure that it's uh I'm just trying to see if that I'm trying to judge if that one's from the movie. Maybe not because it doesn't say coming in April. But then again, the, the Supergirl one didn't say coming in April. Yeah, there was a different one. Oh, you know why? Because it wasn't mint for some reason. Which is oh. stupid. But which, which is stupid anyway. But I mean not, not for Chad, because of course he doesn't open his, so a damaged box would be a problem. I don't know if I'm actually opening her, so to speak, but I at least have the but if the box is really screwed up, it would make an easy decision at least. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, the regular Supergirl is eleven is eleven ninety nine still. Uh, but that is a cool pop. I am looking forward to getting that one. I just wish it had I, arrived <laughs> one day earlier. Yeah, I, I think that I'll consider getting that one if I see it in stores. I don't know. Yeah, I think the McFarlane figure of her didn't look all that great. I don't think the face no. was did didn't do a lot of. I don't think a lot of the sculpts on the McFarlane figures brought a lot, did a lot of justice to those characters. So I, mm-hmm. so I made it, it made it real, e- it made it real easy to pass on that. And just like the, uh, the previews exclusive Michael Keaton unmasked, it's like, it doesn't look like Michael Keaton. So that's, so mm-hmm. that take that completely. And even, even the pop that did, you know, the, the first pop with the mask on, it's like, it just doesn't look like Michael Keaton enough. Just looks like a Batman. So what does it matter? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it does go to, but it does go to reinforce what we, 
what we already know is that Michael Keaton is the huge draw for, for this movie. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. Yeah, that absolutely. He, he, he will be the driving force behind. Now, now if the movie's good, it, which is, again, supposedly it is, but if the movie is actually good, then that will be a big plus to get more people in. But the uh, the emotional and nostalgic attachment to Michael Keaton as Batman is going to be the that is going to be the Ezra Miller deodorant to get people to get a large portion <laughs> of people in the door. And if, then if the movie is actually good, then uh, then that will help. But but yeah, I just figured I'd mention that because I happen to notice the uh, some of the flash stuff today and and. But I think I'd mentioned on one of the previous episodes that my you know, my Blue Lantern Kyle arrived, so he's pretty he is pretty he is pretty cool. I think he's the best. I like that one the best of the three Kyles that we've gotten like in the last six or eight months. I think yeah. that's the best. Uh, even though they they kind they kind of they gave you the same exact accessories as the, as Parallax. You have the blue they have, you have blue translucent fists instead of a fist like energy constructs like. Instead of the green and the same the same battery, not even the Kyle shaped battery. So that's yeah. that was a little disappointing. But but the figure itself is 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 pretty is pretty cool. So I'm I'm happy with that. Now we just need White Lantern Kyle. <laughs> I'm sure it's just a matter of time. Yeah, they got the sculpt. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I would consider White Lantern Kyle. Oh yeah. White Lantern Kyle would be a given for me. I would just like I mean, they really haven't done Sinestros in, in McFarland, have they? I don't think so. I don't think so. So if they do us if they did a Sinestro line, if they started doing the same thing and just swapping out the costumes, I absolutely would not get the classic costume. I know I kind of said I wasn't gonna get the pop because of that, but the pop is cool enough, plus it's really from Green Lantern Rebirth. So that's so that made it easier, even though I think I think they are doing a Sinestro core one, which will almost make me regret maybe make me regret getting getting this one hopefully not but if they do a sinestro and they start going through the different uniforms for sinestro white lantern sinestro sinestro core hell you could do in you could do indigo with sinestro too right you could do a bunch and green Lan- and green lantern sinestro clearly too that yeah, yeah if they do this if they do a good i mean sinestro could be a really good sculpt if they don't have acid they put a little oh. bit of effort on the face they could do a really good sinestro but you know what I would love? I mean, I can't imagine it happening based on the McFarlane business model. But how great would it be to get like a deluxe type set where you've just got like the body and like, you know, maybe it's like a White Lantern body and then you've got a Sinestro head, you've got a Kyle head, a Hal head. Then you've got a green body, you know, in another deluxe set with all three heads, you know, maybe like throw in a couple of extra heads. So that way, instead of having to buy a White Lantern Sinestro and a White Lantern Hal and a White Lantern Kyle and, you know, maybe a White Lantern Superman or whatever. And a Superman wouldn't make any sense. But, you know, like if they have similar enough costumes, even if like you had a chest plate that you could pop on for Kyle or whatever to distinguish it, whatever that would make it a little bit more palatable than having to buy a different version of every, because like you said, like Sinestro has his original costume, his Sinestro core costume, his green lantern costume, his white lantern costume, his indigo lantern costume. Like that's five variations for Sinestro. And 
yeah, I'm sure that you'll sell a decent amount of most of them, but I don't really see a lot of people lining up for a Indigo Sinestro. You know, like, if you had, like, an Indigo Sinestro that you could swap heads and now all of a sudden it's, like, Monk or, you know, something like that, I don't remember enough for how that all worked out. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, basically, give people a little bit more value to get them to buy variants that they would otherwise just completely skip. But, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's always possible they could do what they could do is something like that, a doer or do a doer set, like you said, two characters that basically like two characters. It'd be it'd be cool. I mean, be easier to do something almost like I'm just trying to think like like maybe like a Green Lantern, White Lantern set almost because then you could just have you could change the hands, change the heads. And yeah, then, and then for the most part, then the, the bodies of the figures could be the same, so you could have like a Hal and Sinestro there. Yeah, uh, and theoretically, because Hal's been yellow, you could do a yellow. You could do the same thing. You could do. Yeah. A, you could even though we know Sinestro's yellow lantern costume is a little is I think a little a little different. Um, but the reality is, what they'll if they're going to do that, we know they'll do it the same way they did with Kyle. It's like you start with the shittiest costume first and make people buy it because you have no idea that we're getting better ones. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like what they're kind of like what they're doing with the fun, with with. Even the White Lantern Sinestro, that pop was awesome. But starting with, you know, just general clown costume Sinestro, a clown net costume Sinestro, and it's like, as a pop, it's like, eh, I would like, a, I wasn't really, I don't regret getting it at the moment, but it was like, eh, I, originally I wasn't sold on it. And then, but if they come out, if they do come out with, hey, here's, you know, here's Sinestro course, Sinestro, like three months from now, it's like, I probably will have at least a little bit of buyer's remorse. It's like, well, I really didn't need the regular one since I don't like that costume. Compared now that we're so used to the Sinestro Corps costume, yeah, I that that thing. That's like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be gung ho to get a Hal and Bomber jacket bobblehead more than I probably would be more interested in that than Sinestro in his blue and black uniform. <laughs> but costume, but but still, yeah, that's what they'll do if they're going to do something like that. They'll you start characters off and they. Characters you haven't seen in a crappy uniform because you figure people or costume because you figure people will hey we haven't had this we haven't seen this before and then then you then you do the double whammy and you kind of build up <laughs> and you kind of build up as like I mean they would not have had as many people buying that first Kyle if people knew the original Kyle costume one was coming right out and then of yeah. course if they knew the Blue Lantern one was coming too what I mean I I would still get one of those like the Kyle where all the colors haven't meshed into yes. white yet. I would, I would be so down. I yeah, like, that's that's another one they could do. Yeah, it's a monstrously ugly costume, but it I is. would totally, totally get that because it's so monstrous. And because in a way, it's kind of like it's also an odd reference. It's also like a it was a one off, like a one off moment when he was early on in that New Guardian series and yeah. and a lot of people probably don't know what ever happened if you weren't reading New Guardians and everything. So there there are there are those moments just like, you know, in a way we kind of got screwed that they never I mean, they could do a McFarlane version of this doing the, the green the green blue how the hybrid how. Yeah, that, you know, so that something that we know because technically, of course, the Blue Lantern, 
the Blue Lantern Hal from the San Diego Comic Con set was inaccurate because we've never gotten that <laughs> because that's just Hal in the Blue Lantern costume. We never really had Hal in the Blue Lantern costume. He was always split. Right. So, but hopefully, hopefully there'll be other cool stuff coming down the road. But I figured I figured I would mention it on the way out. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Anything else you'd like to mention or push? Not a damn thing, Mark. Oh, maybe I'll bleep that out. Maybe I won't. I don't think I did bleep it out the last episode. <laughs> it all depends. Sometimes I don't. Uh, sometimes I just, just like putting in that <laughs> sound. <laughs> in fact, it'll probably be right there. <laughs> but but, uh, but it all depends how creative I get when I feel like editing too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll take us home then. Lanterncast.com. Email is lanterncast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, hashtag Geocast. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please leave us a positive review on all platforms you, platforms you listen to us on. Last but not least, if you'd like to text us or leave us a voicemail, 708-LANTERN, and let us know what you think, and well, I have no idea what, what's coming next. Probably a skip week, because Lord knows I, I'm kind of at the I need a break from editing. But as far as content, we, I, we have no idea what's coming next. <laughs> nice sometimes it's got to be that way I, we've we've had a bunch of episodes planned out and sometimes you just need to sometimes you need that speed bump mm-hmm. and that's why that's why we have chat <laughs> <laughs> chat oh, the speed bump that's right the human speed bump <laughs> good night everybody so long No appeal on the docket today, just